1: Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a really fabulous guest for you. Her name is Stevie Ross, and Stevie is a wonderful woman. And we just had a little bit of a conversation off air that I think is going to invoke some great insights and discussion topics for this particular episode. So welcome, Stevie. Stevie.
2: Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me onto this. It's a lovely opportunity to be sharing this with you and your listeners. Thank you.
1: You're very welcome. Well, let's get stuck right in, Steve, because I think your story, you know, your backstory is very similar to mine. And, you know, you certainly got a, a lot of inspirational stories and messages that you can share that I, I'm sure are going to really give our listeners some insights and Things that are going to empower them on the back of what we discussed today. So, can you tell us a little bit about your backstory and and why you're doing what you're doing now?
2: Yeah. So um, maybe if I just say what I am doing now, I, I've been working in the area of sexuality, relationship counselling, family crisis, intimacy, and you know, all those sort of things for a number of years. Um, got lots of academic qualifications and professional qualifications. But when I'm think about it, what really got me into this was. My own experience, my own life story and the fact that I uh, have a sister six years older than me who taught me how not to have relationships and how also how not to uh, engage in sexuality and sexual connections with people. But before that, I had my virginity taken from me um, in a by somebody who just happened to know my brother, uh, somebody older than me. But at the time, I just never, ever considered it rape. It was only when I was 32 uh, and I was in counseling for grievance counseling for my mom's death that the therapist said, wow, you were raped then. And I said, no, 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 they didn't have a weapon. And Uh actually, that is when I realized, you know, that what had happened to me was rape. Um, I'd said, no, I did not want whatever was happening. We weren't in a relationship. Um, And the consequences of that were quite significant, quite traumatic, But in a way that I just thought, well, most women go through this. And unfortunately, over the years in my work, I have come to the conclusion that a lot of women have been through the same thing and not considered it rape or sexual assault. And then I was married for 27 years. I had a beautiful relationship, sexual relationship, loving relationship. And I guess in that, there was something of a healing went on. But also, I didn't realize until that finished that that relationship was more of what you would call a tantric relationship. We didn't call it tantra. It was innocent. It was playful. It was exploratory. And in that freedom to explore without an agenda and with somebody with whom I could trust to hold my boundaries, which I knew nothing about, uh, and I now know are essential in any connection we have, um, yeah, i got a freedom and I learned how to express what I like, what I don't like in that moment. Very much a mindful, you know, practice. And so I take that into my work with people, uh, both men and women and couples, individuals around intimacy and sexual connection. Um,
1: What do you think are the main things that men aren't aware of? You know, that um, we, we had a sort of brief discussion off there. You said, um, you know, something along the lines, which I very much agree with, that sometimes men, and I don't know what percentage you'd put under that bracket, mm. don't know what is and isn't appropriate when it comes to intimacy with women or even any sort of contact.
2: Yeah. So my work, I deal with um, what I would call decent men. They will be labeled decent men. A lot of them are married men or they've been in relationships and they're divorced. they uh, are everyday, ordinary bloke. So, um, yes, we do meditation and tantric stuff, but they're not into that when they come to see me. Um, And what I have discovered over the years, and bearing in mind I've been doing it probably about 15, 18 years now, is these men, a lot of them, are shocked when they hear some of the things that are inappropriate. So, for example... um, In my work, because I'm a body worker as well as a psychosexual therapist, I often do touch and sensuality, you know, raising their sensory awareness, especially if they've had surgery and their whole sexuality and arousal's not working. So I do touch immediately, not even immediately, a lot of them want to reach out and they want to touch me. And so I have to say, thank you, no thank you. Just keep your hands to yourself. No thank you. And the amount of times I have to keep saying with some of them, no thank you. So it's that they don't respect or they don't hear a no thank you and take it seriously. And when I talk to them about it, they're shocked that that's a boundary they're crossing and that is what happens in rape when a woman says no thank you or sexual assault. And they can't equate the two, a simple no thank you, don't touch me now, into that actually crossing the boundaries. Unfortunately, (sighs) what happens is, I, I speak to them about it, it is often because we women are not clear. We're not clear in our boundaries, or we get ground down. You know, after the third time, we say, no, I don't want that, no, thank you. No, listen, that's not, no, I don't like that. We get ground down, and it's like, go on then. So unfortunately, it's a call for for women to step into their boundary, uh, which is difficult. It's, we've got a history of, of being people pleasers. We do it being babies, you know? Mm. Uh, And so it's hard. It's a long, arduous journey for us women to learn our boundaries and to trust our own boundaries and to feel that we can hold and we deserve to have those boundaries. Because the truth of it is, when we have boundaries, we're given a safety area for the other person in our lives to play within, you know. So for me, yeah, boundaries are really important and really tricky, but also worth learning.
1: So what do you teach women then as regards boundaries? How do they set those boundaries? What, what are the first steps towards what they need to consider?
2: Yeah, great question. Because the first thing that people, we, we and we we'll say me as well, you know, I'm still learning, just because I've been doing this all these years, I'm still learning boundaries that I didn't know I had. Because the truth of it is as well, the essence is, boundaries change in every moment. When we are in tune with our bodies, when we recognize in our bodies that maybe, let's just say, for example, on a non-relationship or a non-sexual level that, you know, for years we've been drinking, I don't know, let's say black currant and soda or gin and tonic. And all of a sudden you go, do you know what? I want a Perno and lemonade. How 70s is that? Or 80s is that? Mm-hmm. But you know, I actually don't want that drink again. My body's wanting something else. Now, if we don't, honor that we'll go back to the gin and tonic and we'll keep saying yes it's okay to do that yes you know that's all right but actually in that moment the body is the truth the body knows what it wants so when I'm working with women it's about them tuning into the bodies through the breath through the sensations through any tension any contraction any expansion and having them recognize that in the moment go oh actually that's not right for me right now That's the first step. So that's quite difficult when you're used to maybe living in your mind and being driven by all the things that you have to deal with outside is to be able to come back to ourselves in the moment. Again, it's a mindful practice, you know. Um, And then the thing then is how can we interpret that in ourselves? So for me, for example, you know, I can go towards food nowadays and I'll go towards it because my mind thinks, oh, I love fresh raspberries something in me in that moment my stomach will tense and it's like oh interesting and then I have to work out what is that so that's how we try and that's how I try and help women discern what is it that the body's talking to them at the moment what is the message from the body so let's just say the body says about the raspberries um no you've had too much fruit today or I don't want any more fruit right now I know that and if I was working with somebody If we were in a situation where somebody was offering me those raspberries as a gift, my stomach contracts or my throat contracts. I now know I don't want those. How do I say to that other person, actually, thank you very much for offering me that raspberry or offering me some sexual pleasure or sensual pleasure or a cup of tea, whatever it is. Boundaries are across the board. How can I then express that to the other person and have them hear me? Because what can happen is I will say, actually, no, I don't, I don't fancy those raspberries now. And their response could be, their great response, which I'm looking for, is, okay, thank you for that. And then they, they're okay with it. What often happens is, I don't like these raspberries right now. I don't like the way you are touching me right now. I don't want that right now. And their usual response is, well, you liked them yesterday. You liked how I did that with you yesterday. You love it when I do that to you normally and so we go oh yeah they're right and we give in instead of going well actually that was yesterday or this morning right now my body doesn't want that anymore and so it's how we can learn to tune into ourselves figure it out what's happening for us and then express it to the other who is who feels they're giving us a gift maybe and of course in sexuality because we've got two people or more however uh, engaging There is something in knowing whether they are offering us a gift of pleasure or holding or nurturing or if they're actually taking something from us in the guise of offering us that gift of pleasure or nurturing or holding.
1: Yeah, it's interesting what you say there, Stevie, because I can remember being in a relationship with um, a boyfriend years ago when I was sort of in my late teens, early 20s, and him saying that for him... You know, wanting to make love to me was his way of saying sorry if it hurt me. Mm. Well, and obviously, you know, in that moment, quite often, I didn't want that <laughs> at all. Uh, so, you know, obviously, there was a bit of a mismatch in 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 the communication, and it was quite interesting to me that you know, when we did have a conversation about it, and I'm because I'm so, he would obviously get quite upset if I mm. if I just said look, no, you know, he, he would respect that, but i could see that it, he was uh, really offended and he and you know, it wasn't until we had that conversation where he says you know well this is me trying to say sorry you know this is this is the way mm. I'm for me I'm apologizing for if I've hurt you because I, I, you know me wanting to reach out and touch you and make love to you is is me saying sorry and i'm mm. and it's just like okay how do i deal with this
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and I guess, so for the couples who come to see me, um, that sort of thing will be brought to the table. You know, uh, it will be a conversation like that that comes to the table. And so from that conversation, I would say to the to the woman, for example, or I, I work with all sorts of uh, orientations and gender mixes, you know, I, I'm very much a queer therapist as well. So, you know, um, so I would say to the person who says, but I'm trying to say sorry to you. I would say to them, to invite the question, what is it I can do that will make you feel I am offering you a gift, an apology, instead of me thinking my way of doing it, making love to you is what is needed. What would you really like right now? So there's a whole language around, you know, may I, will you, what would you like, is it okay if, so there's a whole language, a whole set of questions, which a little bit like um, NBC, you know, nonviolent communication, can be wooden at first if it's not your normal language. But actually, for me, I think there's nothing sexier um, and clearer than saying to somebody, hmm, may I stroke your face right now or may I, whatever it is. I think that can be quite a sexy language. And the other person, can, I always invite them to tune in a moment, not straight away say, oh, yes, but tune in and go, uh actually, yes, please, or mm, no, thank you, but I'd like such a thing. Um, But the first thing is recognising what we like, what we want in that moment.
1: Yeah, because sometimes I think, I don't know, it it can be quite difficult, I think, for either sex to, to... to say the words, I'm sorry, but one to show Mm. that they're sorry, you know, if that's the way Mm. they demonstrate that they are sorry, sometimes it isn't always a verbal communication, is it? And Mm. I just like what you said then uh, as regards, well, you know, asking those questions around what is it that person might need and require or allow to, to, you know, in terms of an approach towards them feeling like you're offering that apology.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that word allow as well. I don't know if you've heard anything about um, the wheel of consent, which is a wonderful tool. It's quite uh, well on one level. It's quite simple, um, and the the woman who runs it um, or set it up is called Betty Martin, and all her resources are on uh, YouTube, I think. Uh, and on some level, it's really simple because she bases it on four quadrants of relationship, really, or connection, and that is a giver. A receiver and a and a taker and in any interaction we have with somebody that dynamic is going on somewhere and often we feel that we are giving somebody something so for example that person with you you know that partner of yours thought he was giving you an, um, an apology but really in order for him to be giving it as an apology you need to be able to receive it and if you're lying there going, oh okay, then or standing there or whatever, going, I'm not sure about this, you're allowing it, you're not receiving it, you're just allowing it. And sometimes with allowance, unless it can be done with an absolute clear, open heart, um, it becomes you can become resentful yes. or you can start to feel used or disempowered with it really. Yeah. As if you're doing them a favour. They think they're doing you a you know a service and saying sorry, and you think you're doing them a favour in having them allowing them to do this. Well, really, it's it's um, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, are you able to give us a bit more around each of those areas? I like what you said there about that wheel of you know um, or quadrants of give, yeah. receive, or allow or take or was it the other one? Yeah
2: yeah 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 so basically if you can imagine it is a circle and there's four quadrants and um, so for example allowing and taking are opposite each other in the quadrant and giving and receiving are opposite each other in the quadrant so it's quadrant the circle um, now I'm just trying to I'm trying to visualize it in front of me so I can keep it quite simple and use that diagram So for example, I always thought um, I'm a giver. I love to give pleasure. I love to serve people. I love to, yeah, to be the giver in in all sorts of things, whether that's giving people a meal, a cup of tea, a bed for the night, beautiful sexual experience, pleasure, intimacy, any of those things. I like to feel that I always believed I was the giver. Hmm. However, for me to be the giver, Somebody has to be really receiving what I am giving them. Now, if they haven't asked for it, then they're not actually receiving it as such. And I I do body work, I do massage work. And so I would go into into a massage situation and as I'd always ask the boundaries, is there any way you don't want to be touched? Is there any way you don't want to be touched? Um, And then I would go ahead with the massage that I want to give them. Hmm and in that what happens is i realize i get so much pleasure out of giving them a massage that i'm actually receiving something back now that could be a good thing if they have okayed it if i am doing if i am doing it without their consent i'm taking from them because i am taking my pleasure in giving them pleasure yes now there's nothing wrong with that and unless you're doing it um, without taking it. So what I say now to all my clients and my massage clients is, I'm likely to get as much pleasure from this as you are. You know, my heart opens so much. I'm flying like an angel. I really (laughs) am going to do that. Is that okay with you? Now, I've only ever had one person say to me, no, thank you. I don't want you to take anything from me. And it shook me a bit. It was like, oh, okay. So what I then had to do was um do the massage the way they wanted it and so they said could you just rub my you know could you just rub my back can you just chop my legs and because it wasn't the massage i was given as a gift as a giver it did nothing for me so i then realized that in that case that was my true giving i was then in service a giver is in service to the desire or the needs or the wants of the other person a taker is basically doing whatever it is they're doing, which might be beautiful for the other person to receive, but they're taking their pleasure from it. So it's quite subtle. So there's giver and taker, and there's allower. So when I now, for my massages, and I say to the people, I'm likely to get as much pleasure from this, are you okay with that? They are allowing it. Chances are they will, they will get as much pleasure from it as I will, but... It may be in a couple situation, for example, that one of them says to the other, oh, may I spank your bottom? Let's just say that's, you know, (laughs) a normal behavior in lots of relationships. Um, May I spank your bottom? Now the person, I'm going to turn it the other way around. So let's say the woman says to the man, may I spank your bottom? Because I really love to spank a bottom. So the male, so the female may say to the male, uh, may I spank your bottom? Because the female gets something out of that. She gets pleasure. She gets power. She gets excitement, whatever it is. And then the male may think, mm, don't really get anything from it. But because I love you or because I can see you'll get so much pleasure, I'm going to say yes. They allow it. Hmm. So they may lay there, not get anything from it, no pleasure, but they have allowed it to support the other and give them some pleasure. Hmm. A lot of sexual situations, a lot of couples do that 80% of the time they make love. One of them really wants something, the other will allow it. However, they're not really allowing until it's done with their open heart. They just put up with it.
1: And like you said, that can lead so much to resentments, can't it? And then problems down the road.
2: Yeah, very much, yeah. And yet the, the thing is, you know, and then there's lots of blame comes. I, I once did a, a, when my very first, when I worked, worked for Relate, my very first couple session, I had a couple who had been together about eight years and they came from so-called financial worries. Within 20 minutes, it was down to the bedroom, you know, and sexuality. And she just said, I just don't find our sex life satisfying. And he quite innocently said, genuinely said, but that's how we've always done it. And you've never complained. So I thought, okay, who is holding the responsibility there? Mm. It's joint. It's joint. But what she could have done was say, actually, I don't like it like that today, tonight, this moment. Could we try something else? And what also he could have said is, is this okay with you? I'd really love to whatever in my pleasuring of you. Is that okay? And she could have checked in and said, mm, no, not really. But we don't do that. We don't do that easily. It's a very difficult thing, even with people who've been together for years. In fact, I think it's easier to do it with somebody who you're in a relatively new connection with because you've got less to lose. If you've been in a relationship whereby, the other thing is, of course, where you've had your no ignored in, in a rape situation or in a sexual assault situation or abusive situation, if you have had, you've said no, and you've said no four or five times, you know, and you've had it ignored. There's something inside us goes, there's no point. And that's as we'll just put up with it and tolerate it anyway. My strong recommendation and plea is you know, stop that. Stop that right now. If you know you're a person who goes along with something, who puts up with it because you've had your no ignored in the past. This is your moment to start saying, actually, that's not what I'm wanting right now. It may shock the person you're with if you've been with them a long time, but that's not a bad thing.
1: No, it's not a bad thing. And, um, you know, sometimes relationships need that sort of wake-up call to to sort of have that conversation, don't they? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I'm aware for some people it it might not feel safe. You know, if if they're in danger, then that's the time to be seeking support elsewhere, outside, you know, and even that's not easy for goodness sake. The hardest step, is to make that phone call to somebody and say, I need support with my relationship. It's not easy. So, yeah, about recognising where you are in the moment and being able to speak that. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, that, that was great. I, I've not actually heard of that, um, that, that we'll give, let, receive, we'll allow, take um, mm-hmm. quadrant. So that's going to be very new and useful information to our audience that we're speaking to today that they've not received before so thank you for sharing that the other thing that uh, I know that you do in terms of your work Stevie is um, work around knowing yourself so what's that all about and how do you work with clients around that
2: yeah so uh, even when I'm working with couples I invite them onto the journey of self-awareness and it begins really with um, like i said before uh, the mindfulness approach and just becoming aware of your responses your reactions your thoughts and for me my body sensations um now having been a psychotherapist for so many years i believe i know my mind so well and i know it's a blooming trickster it's the biggest creator and the biggest destroyer and that's fine that's the job of the mind and it doesn't really exist you know you can't in in an autopsy, you would not find the mind. You'll find the brain, but you'll never find the mind. So it doesn't, we don't even know where it exists, if it exists, (laughs) but we believe it. There's no problem with the mind being a big creator or a big destroyer. There's no problem whatsoever. That's its job. The problem, the unhelpful thing is when we believe the mind because we make stories up and we believe them. However, the body does not have the capacity to make up stories. It cannot lie. The body is senses, sensations, responses. Something happens and you'll get a tense shoulder or your breath will go short or you'll get a pain in your jaw or something. And all you know is ouch or hmm. And so my work is about um, enabling people to have a better relationship or even not even a better one to form a relationship to start off with with their own bodies and then start to listen to the bodies and it's just like uh, without judgment so it's like oh sensation in my knee without going oh there's a pain in my knee because as soon as we say pain we associate it with all sorts of things such a negative term but oh sensation in my knee and then i'll go okay so what is it telling me now the mind could go into a hundred stories well uh, i'm getting older now oh I've, i've tripped up oh i've been doing too much oh i should have The mind will come up with all sorts, but it's about sitting. It's quite a meditative process, sitting with that sensation in the knee. Well, the first thing that happens is, of course, when we sit with something and breathe into it, it dissipates. So that thing we were just about to build a big story about, oh, can't go walking anymore, or shouldn't kneel down on the floor, or shouldn't be in that sexual position, you know. (laughs) Um, It's not true. That's just what the mind will start telling us. It's like, oh, that's interesting. What's that about? And usually it dissipates after a while. When we breathe, you know, bring our attention, our mind, our focus to it, and breath, it'll dissipate. So it's about learning what the body is saying. And one moment, so for example, I've got a pain in my finger at the moment, and um, it could be a dozen things. And so in one moment, it could be because I accidentally knocked it on the table, you know, before, or I've been doing too much massage. It could be any of those things. It could be none of those things. The reason lots of stuff doesn't matter it just ouch that hurts so basically it's saying be careful with me treat me kind treat me with compassion don't have me do too much you know be aware of when you're walking into a table or whatever um so it's about the relationship with your body because then what we can do so let me just think of an example hmm i love to have my hair stroked one of my nurturing things and and also recognizing when the body is speaking to me does it want nurturing does it want arousing does it want comforting what do i want right now and so i, I run conscious connection events unconscious connection seminars and all of this sort of thing and it's this is a non-sexual space and this is great for people who um have had trauma in the lives, some sexual trauma or relationship trauma or intimacy trauma. I say the word trauma and I'm a little bit triggered by that myself. Difficulty is enough. Mm. You know, if you haven't been respected, if your boundaries haven't been respected or you don't even know your boundaries, the intimacy work is the best place to start because intimacy is about connecting with yourself first and then bringing yourself when you've healed all those little things or it's awareness to somebody else. So yeah, it's about Getting to know yourself through your body and recognizing them. what do I need? Oh, in this moment, actually, I don't need my hair stroking. I just want somebody to put the hand on my head and hold me for a moment so I can feel a holding, so I don't have to hold myself together anymore. I just want someone just to hold me. Maybe I just want to lean into somebody right now. Whereas two days ago, what I wanted was a massage on my shoulders, I don't want that right now. My body doesn't need that. My body just needs somebody to sit back to back with me, for goodness sake. Hold me. Mm-hmm. So we get what we need in each moment, or what we desire. You know, and again, it can, be, it can be as simple as a cup of tea. And it can be as complex as, or as intimate as what sexual position or sexual touch you need. So, you know, one day you might want to, I don't know, let's say a lemon and ginger tea. And if you've wanted a lemon and ginger tea for the past year and then one day, you know, and your partner's saying to you or somebody's saying to you, do you want a lemon and ginger? We automatically often go, yeah, yeah. And so we go, oh, actually, no, my my stomach just went, I don't want that. Same with the raspberries as was talking before. Today, actually, I think I want, God, I think I want a, I don't know, chai tea. (laughs) You You know, it really is. And this is a beautiful way. It's, it's so empowering because what it means is when we have the confidence and the language, the empowerment to ask for it, we've got a chance of getting exactly what we want in life. Exactly what we want when we want it. Instead of putting up, go on then, I'll have another lemon and ginger tea. Go on then, I'll have you touch me like that again. Go on then. It's not good enough anymore. It really is not good enough anymore. We need to be or we don't need to be doing anything. It is our time. Both men and women. And the other thing is, think about this. Think about this. Let's just say you're gonna, you've are gonna you invited someone around for dinner and you're thinking, oh God, what can I give them? Oh, what do they eat? Oh, they've got food tolerances. If you don't have that information, you can't give them what they want. So no. you're guessing like that. You're worried that you might get it wrong or you just go, oh, they'll have to have that. Put up with it. <laughs> if what is it you'd really like right now what is it what are your boundaries what don't you eat and they can tell us we can then create a delicious meal or whatever out of the things that they have said they can eat but when we know somebody's boundaries we can play safely because the rest of the time and this is this is i I hear this so many times with men if they hear a woman say no thank you to anything they feel safe because when they've said, no, thank you, when they've heard a no, thank you, they know that maybe they'll try, you know, they'll invite something else or may, may I touch your cheek then, may I touch your breast in this way. When they hear a woman go, yes, they know that the woman really wants it. And that's where their pleasure comes. Because believe it or not, believe it or not, the majority of men and women don't want to upset somebody else. You no. Know, especially in they want to bring pleasure they want to bring deliciousness and so when we can say actually no thank you to that it opens up a different play field to yes please to something else Mm. and then everybody's safe you've got a beautiful safe exploratory playing field then
1: yeah, I think if you make it clear the things that you do love and like, like you say, it doesn't mean that you're going to love and like it every single day. You might mm. change your mind <laughs> and think, well, I've had enough of that for, for now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try yes. something else. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, like you say, yeah. yeah, I do think men do appreciate women letting them know, you know, what they do like and what, you know, what they can expect you know, a yes to because they do they do enjoy whatever, like you say, whether that's just just stroking the hair or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, But just know that 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 could change, you know, <laughs> depending on whether you know they you're not you you're not feeling like that in, in any particular moment, like you say.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had I was with a couple of been together 26 years, and um they came to see me. Well, they have been coming to see me six months now, but we do a Skype session once every two once every three weeks and then sorry we do a they see me twice in a month Once on skype and once for a four-hour session and basically the male was withholding anything sexual and had been doing for 20 years because he thought that what he wanted which was to show his masculinity by ravishing the woman Um he thought She would not respond to it very well. He felt shame and guilt that he even wanted to ravish her and be rough with her, you know, and turn her around. And so in his mind, he had created this, I am a beast because my male sexuality is is unkind to women. It's not welcome. Um, And this is what he created it for 20 years in his mind. And he didn't want to offend his wife because he loved her and all the rest of it. And he spoke this. This is the first time he spoke this the other day. That's why the relationship is not passionate if you like and so i just said to her and how does that make you feel to hear that and she said well i'm sad i'm grateful that he said it she said i am sad and yet she had a big smile on her face and i said okay the smile and she said because my god i would welcome being roughed up now and again i would welcome him taking control that's the ziz the pizzazz that i've been waiting for in this relationship and so it's about the communication she couldn't ask for it because she didn't know, but she felt there was something missing. It was the pizzazz because her fire was put down, you know, her fire was out, and he couldn't bring his fire energy. Fire energy is sex and passion and also anger, so that's where we've got to we play with it and find out what's what. Um, until he, he was ashamed that he wanted to turn her over and flip her over and bring his fire, his passion. And she was wanting that passion for years. So I sent them away with the homework of see how this passion is. Look at it as a lion. Look at it as a fire. Yeah. I'm being yeah, I'm being, if if it's too much, actually, thank you, that's enough right now. And for him to go, thank you, that's further than I've been able to bring to you in twenty years. So I'm looking forward to our next three hour session together.
1: (laughs) Excellent. That sounds great. I mean, I I talk about it with my clients in terms of, you know, healthy masculinity and unhealthy Mm. masculinity. Obviously, um, very few women would want to be physically punched or hurt um, Mm. in a relationship. Mm. Um, but a lot of women love the thought of you know a man throwing them over their shoulders running up the stairs throwing them on the bed and ravishing them that that that's quite exciting so I talk about this in in terms of you know sometimes you know it's knowing what is healthy masculinity and what is unhealthy masculinity mm. and is it coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of fear that's the difference
2: absolutely that love fear that is so important to know yeah yeah
1: um, otherwise, you've got either, like you say, passion or aggression. <laughs> the yeah. passion from a place of love, and obviously the aggression from a place of fear.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yes, uh, it, it, it's exciting stuff talking about this because, um, you know, I do think that most women um, are missing out on experiencing the healthy masculinity on the back of um, men not knowing how far to take things or how it's going to be received
2: that's right yeah 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 and there's something you know i've gone through a bit of a journey on this um what would you call it responsibility whose responsibility is it to educate if you like to let both the men and the women, no. You know. And I could I did go through a thing of like, well, men should know this. How are they gonna learn if we don't tell them? And I'm going, Yes, but I want to be met. I, I don't want to be the teacher. It's my plumbing job for goodness sake. I want to be in relationship with somebody who can meet me. And there's this whole conversation about being met. What came out of that for me was If I want to be met, I have to open the space for somebody to step into. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of women out there, uh, me included, who believe themselves to be empowered women, believe themselves to be in the divine feminine, and yet we're not a lot of the time. And this is where I love the work about know thyself. Yes. Am I I coming from that compassionate, open-hearted space of what I'd really like is such a thing, or am I coming from that space of, what you need to be giving me you can't you know and and really that aggression behind it um and i really do feel that together it's a learning environment you know the relationship is a learning environment and for me to be able to step into that space i need to know me first it's got to start with me and then hold the space open with my i'm going to call it divine feminine um aspects of actually this is what i'm hoping that you and i together can create and I'm inviting you into this space. And hopefully, the other person has is, is been a lot of the time they won't. So, for me, there's always got to be somebody who is that little bit I don't want to say ahead because that sounds like it's a you know, I'm top of the class and you're second. It's not that two people or more. I, like I say, I, I work with polyamory as well. So, there's lots of combinations of relation relating. But for people to be able to know that they're safe to step into a space of exploration Mm. yeah. whilst knowing and feeling that desire to be met. So sometimes it might go pear-shaped, but at least if we open the space with that open heart of let's explore this, let's play this, let's be curious and bring that playfulness into something. You know, but the the one couple I'm working with now, they said we we haven't got an imagination, both business people in in the head, I. You know, high flyers in their head all the time. They can bring solutions to many international businesses, but not. It's like from boardroom to bedroom, isn't it? You know, yeah. boardroom, boardroom, they're spot on and they, they're problem solvers and whatever. But with regards to their own pleasure, they haven't really got a clue. They don't know where to go and what to start with. So we're really starting at basic and inv- inviting. Would you? And this is why it's got to start with ourselves. Would you blow by my ear? Oh, actually, no, thank you. That didn't work. You know, and be yes. able to say what you Or what I'd really love to do for my own pleasure now is to hold you from behind and kiss your back. And, you know, my, whilst I might really want to do that for my pleasure, the other person might go, hmm, um, no, not at the minute. I'm a bit cold or, you know. Yes. And so we've got to have that openness to be told no, thank you. And also to take the risk of saying, Can I or may I do such a thing? (laughs) Or such a thing for me? You might get told no thank you, but you might get told, Oh, do you know? I haven't thought of that. Yeah, go on, let's give it a go. And then two minutes in, it might be, Oh, 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 no thank you. Or do you know that's really working? (laughs) You know, yeah,
1: yeah. and, And usually it's a pleasurable thing for both of you if you know it's really working for the other person that you're wanting to please that uh you know it, it's delightful for you to 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 feel pleasure around them having that experience of enjoying it
2: yeah yeah so who yeah. are
1: your um i suppose um when it comes to couples and individuals who are the people that that you can most help with the work that you do stevie
2: Generally, and I don't know whether this is because I'm—I I'm, you know I'm over fifty now. Um, I think there's a for me a lot of my people are at forty-five upwards, um, women, um, which is interesting for me because I've had a tricky journey with women. I have a lot of compassion for men, even though several times I have, you know, been abused by men in some ways, um, and so I'm I'm, I'm now I seem to have a fair few women forty odd. 40 odd year olds who are realizing there's more to life or they're not happy uh and they don't sometimes they don't come to me with relationship problems it's just they're not happy there's Mm. something missing in them and so about that reconnection to that thing that's not there for them finding that whatever it is a lot of my clients are um women just over 45 ish um and men i work with in body work because of my psychosexual stuff um but also yeah couples again over 50 really lots of people who have been divorced or or either coming to the end of a relationship they know something's not alive Mm. and that's a really good place if you know if I've got people who are saying I just don't know I think I want out of this relationship I've I've been in it however long 12 20 years whatever I think I want out of it and then we have an interview or you know and, and we speak and sometimes it's yeah definitely want out of that or are you prepared to give it a go with this person? Because I can see what you've got, and you're giving it up for something that you haven't got. So, you know, uh, people who are in transition a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, generally over forty odds. In fact, my late my first client I ever saw was sixty-four years old, a woman who came to me because she announced on my doorstep as she arrived. I haven't had an orgasm for forty years since my son was born, and it's his fortieth birthday today. I want you. <laughs> she give me an orgasm. It's like, gosh, you're my first uh, solo woman client.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and when she says she wants you. <laughs> I I'm know,
2: ta- I know.
1: Well, of course. I, I mean, do do um, I'm assuming because... she wants you to help her. <laughs> well, yes. Know how well, to yes. do.
2: <laughs> yeah. And also to know that I do do physical work with people. So I do a lot of what they call yoni healing. That's the tantric side. Mm. So so many of us, so many of us carry um, trauma in our vaginas or yonis, whatever you want to call them, um, in our sex areas, even the breasts and the belly especially, the belly, for goodness sake, wow, gosh, energetically we carry so much trauma in, the, in, those, in those areas. And so sometimes it will take me to get my gloves on, I know if it sounds rather crude. get my gloves on and explore. And just like a gynecologist basically. type thing. Yeah, gynecology. Yeah, absolutely like a gynecologist. I'm you know fully trained in it. So um I've got a master's in psychosexual relationship counselling and treatment. So sometimes it does mean that I will be doing intimate work, personal intimate work inside right. you know, bodies. Um and oh gosh, it is such a privilege to do that work. It really is. I do it with men as well in a different way, but to to be trusted actually it's about trust to be trusted to yeah go into that space that really important space inside a woman's body is just it's, it's beautiful it's a beautiful aspect of work um we have done some um talking about it from maybe a couple of sessions before or in fact like i say people sometimes don't come to me for sexual work sexual healing they come to me for relationship and then we realize where the issue could be yeah Satisfied with, or what they really feel is more about, you know. Uh, so I do that with single women. I do that with with couples as well. Excellent. I teach I teach women how to um, surrender to to men, or not men actually surrender, because I have a lot of same sex couples. I have I teach men to listen. <laughs> yeah. and that's one of the things to listen.
1: And when we talk about surrender, it's not in the sense of being subservient to the extent yeah. where you're going to be allow some, some sort of abusive behaviour. It's about just like you, what you were saying, you know, um, you know, um, surrender in terms of uh, from a place of love, you know, in in, yeah. in in a healthy relationship.
2: Yeah, it's actually the most powerful um, stage to be in is in surrender because in order to surrender there has to be trust there has to be a belief that the other person is acting for your welfare or your pleasure or your love you know um for me it's a very um it's an intimate state Definitely. and so there have to be all these conditions if you like not necessarily you know number one make sure the doors are locked number two make sure yeah you know, not like that uh, emotions and qualities um for surrender it's about trust And what I always say to people is, you cannot trust another until you can trust yourself. Mm. And so the journey to surrender is very much about, you know, actually, I'm okay. I'm really okay. And I trust myself in this that I am safe. And in that, that seems to convey to whoever it is you're, you know, in this intimate situation with, and I can trust you. But ultimately, Each person has to trust themselves. So I have to trust that I can say no thank you at any point during this beautiful interaction. And I have to trust that the other person will stop. Absolutely. It's quite a journey. That's quite a journey, but it's a beautiful journey.
1: Wow. (laughs) I love what you, you do, Stevie. It sounds wonderful work. So how can... The audience members, you know, the, the people that are listening to this episode, if they're thinking and, and they're getting intrigued about the work that you do and, and want to find out more and maybe work with yourself, what would be the best contact information? Hmm
2: good question because at the moment i'm just about to change all my websites or perhaps i've shut a couple of them down i'm sort of semi-retired but it's a passion of mine so much that if there isn't you know i still work with the clients i'm working with but i've not put myself out there for a number of years yet it's been word of mouth so i guess the first form um, of contact would be through emailing uh, which is conscious no, no actually not that one sorry which would be roskins lodge at gmail.com I can give you that one to print up. It's roskinslodge at gmail.com.
1: Well, that's information that you've passed on to me anyway for the show notes. So if people didn't quite catch that or didn't quite know how to spell that, we've got that in the show notes for people to access. So remember that you can always look any information up within those notes to do with any guests that we have on to be able to contact and get in touch with them. On that note, Stevie, thank you so much for your wonderful wisdom and insights around some amazing, interesting topics and um, I suppose subjects that we've not really touched on in the Hearts Entwined mm. podcast episodes before. So really yeah, excited awesome. to, to see how this one's received and, uh, and, and really want to give you massive gratitude for coming on and sharing those words of wisdom with the audience
2: you are very welcome thank you very much it's really for me it's really important that people know what's available as when we've been through trauma we often don't know what's available you know when we so it's really good to be able to speak to you about this and i'd be well i'd be very happy to come back at another point and you know speak to you some more if you need that so yeah thank you very much for this opportunity
1: You're very welcome. And yes, we'd certainly love to have you on again and uh, talk some more in in depth around some of the subjects we've already touched on, as well as maybe some other things that might come to light that we haven't touched on yet uh, that could be interesting and exciting for the listeners to hear. So on that note, um, thank you very much, Stevie. Thank you very much to the audience, you for listening. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time,
0: goodbye for now.